Luke chapter number 11. Turn your Bibles tonight to Luke chapter number 11. And I failed to mention earlier that the teenagers were able to see three trust Christ today. And uh, we rejoice uh, in that. Uh, we're going to look in Luke chapter number 11. I already mentioned earlier that I'm going to speak tonight on the subject of prayer. And I'm going to come from a very uh, practical uh, viewpoint this evening. Uh, but don't let the fact that I'm going to be very practical uh, lull you into believing that the things that were mentioned will not be life-changing and important. And uh, certainly want us to uh, learn what we can tonight from Luke chapter number 11. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, and I will read down through verse number 13, and we'll look at this passage of Scripture this evening. Verse number 1 of Luke chapter number 11, <clears throat> And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves? For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, Yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask him a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? I want you to look at verse number 2. And He said unto them, and notice these next three words, When ye pray. I'm going to take those three words, and <clears throat> that's the title of the Bible study tonight, When ye pray. Our Lord is going to give us some instructions uh, about when ye pray this evening. And I would say that if there is an authority, an expert on prayer, it's probably the Lord Jesus Christ. And so it would do us well uh, to pay close attention to what Jesus says about prayer. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray that you'll help us this evening. May the Word of God help us. Uh, may the results of the Bible study and the application thereof tonight uh, result in some life-changing uh, changes, some life-changing things that take place due to prayer. And Father, I pray that we would grow in our prayer lives. I would pray that uh, we would be able to please you more, do more for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, we find very quickly, and this is a fairly familiar passage of Scripture when it comes to prayer, I, I find some very practical truths here, but important truths. I can't help but notice what takes place in verse number 1 and what takes place surrounding the text that we have this evening. And it came to pass that as he was praying. 
there's a lot of things I would have liked to have been an eyewitness to Jesus doing. I would have liked to have seen Jesus walk on the water, although I probably would have had the same fears as the disciples had. I would, have, I would like to have seen him heal the blind and heal the sick. I would have loved to have seen all of those things. But could you imagine being in the presence of the Son of God as he talked to his Father in prayer? What a sight that had to be. Well, how surreal that had to be. Uh, what a holy, holy place that had to be. And the scripture tells us that when he was done praying, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray. No doubt that as the disciples were in the presence of the Son of God and they witnessed what I just described, they witnessed Jesus talking to his Father. They witnessed God the Son communicating with God the Father. They saw Jesus praying. Of course, Jesus is our example in everything. And no doubt when they saw him pray, they felt probably very inadequate in their prayer lives. They probably realized that there were some areas of, of growth that they needed when it comes to prayer. I imagine they probably were thinking amongst themselves and perhaps even talking amongst themselves, saying, I want to pray like Jesus prays. I want to have that ability to pray. There's a couple of practical things I want, to, I want to point out by way of introduction before we get into the outline this evening, and that is the first thing is that your prayer life has to be developed. The moment you get saved, it doesn't mean you have the prayer life that you ought to have. You can be saved for 20 years and still not have the prayer life that you could have, the prayer life that you ought to have. You can have, you can serve, and you can do great things through the power of God, but yet your prayer life still needs to be developed. So I say that for a couple of reasons. One, to challenge us tonight. No matter where our prayer life is, prayer is one of those things you'll never master. We ought to look for areas that we can improve. But second of all, I want to encourage us as a Christian, because if the disciples didn't have it mastered, we should not be discouraged because we have not. If there's an area that I know that personally I feel the most inadequate in, it comes to prayer. Because let's think about it. We're entering into the presence of God. We're talking to Him. Now, we want to see tonight that the disciples, they had a desire to be instructed. They didn't have it mastered. Now, certainly James and John and Peter and Andrew and all those disciples, and they were chosen for a reason, and they got to be around the, the Savior, and He certainly made an impact in their lives, and he certainly, they certainly started becoming more like Him the more they were around Him. Don't we do that today? We pick up idiosyncrasies of the people that we're around. And no doubt that they begin to act more like Jesus because they spent more time with him. But when he was done praying, one of them said, Lord, you apparently, and I'm paraphrasing, he says, we're not doing it right because we want to pray like you pray. Teach us to pray. So, uh, for way of introduction, if the disciples didn't have it mastered, if the disciples had a desire to be taught to pray, I think we ought to let that speak to us tonight. And no matter how many prayers we pray, we don't have it mastered. No matter how long you've served and in what capacity you've served, these disciples had seen and been a part of great work of God at this point, but they yet they still needed to grow in their prayer life. 
and they had a desire for Jesus to teach them. Lord, teach us to pray. It must be developed. If they said, Lord, teach us, what were they saying? They, they, were, they were saying to us today, that, and they were saying then, that there was a need for them to learn some things about prayer. They needed Jesus to teach them about prayer. Uh, don't, let's not ever get to a place in our life where we think we, we know all that we need to know about this book, about prayer, about, about serving the Lord. These disciples, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. They had to, they did not have it automatically. So tonight, if your prayer life is not what you would like for it to be, you're in the same position that these disciples found themselves in. Now, there's a difference in the Christian who'll stay there in that these disciples, these disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray, and they let Jesus teach them how to pray. And they grew in their prayer life. If they can do it, we can do it as well. Let's look at what Jesus says when we see in verse number one, they, they're in awe of his prayer life. They, 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 they had some inadequacies. They wanted to learn. And then in verse number two, Jesus' response was, he said to them, when ye pray. So they are asking the Lord to teach us to pray. We don't have this master teach us to pray. So in verse number two, Christ's response is, when ye pray. Imagine they started paying close attention. When you pray, he gives them an example, the model prayer. He gives them some truths in prayer that I want to bring out. There's five different things I want us to see tonight for the Lord's in his instruction to the disciples when you pray. Number one, I want us to see in verse 2 and 3, there are some things that should be prayed for daily. There's some things that will be very practical and helpful tonight if, 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 if we'll grasp this. Some things we should pray for daily. Notice what he says in verse number 2. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread. It goes on in verse 4. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive one that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There are some things we should pray for every day. There are some things you need every day. If there's some things we need every day, that means that we ought to have a time to pray every day. We take so many things for granted. Well, I, I've got, there's no reason for me to ask for that because I, because I have it. We don't know what the day is going to hold. There's some things we should pray for every single day. When you pray, something, do you have that list of things that you pray for every day? And there's certainly some model things there, and, and I'll not take the time because of time, because a couple of these points I'm going to spend a good amount of time on. But I just want to encourage us this evening to, to, be, to know there's some things that we ought to pray for every day. And a further application of that is if we have to pray for it every day, we need it every day, then we ought to have a prayer time every single day. It ought to be part of our daily routine. It ought to be a part of what we do every single day. Number two. Needs will arrive that require us to pray constant prayers. Let me say that again. When you pray, there will be needs that will arise that require us to pray constant prayers. We're going to begin at verse number 5. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend that shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves. 
For a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him, and he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. But we have friends, and we sure we think that well, if I can go to them at midnight, they'll give me what I ask for. Jesus further explains in verse 8, I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him, because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. He's not going to get out of bed and give to you by the love of his heart. He's going to give it to you so you'll stop knocking on his door. I'm going to give it to you so you'll go away. Don't come back. It's quicker I give him what he's asking for, the quicker he's going to leave me alone. Now, there is a pattern there. There's a, there's a model there. There's an example there. There's going to be times that things that are unexpected come into our life. And if I can say it this way, it puts everything else on pause. These are things that are not part of our daily prayer life. I'm not asking, this is not just I'm asking for my daily bread. But there's something that comes into our life that is not routine, that forces us to stop what we're doing and go to God and ask and ask and ask and ask and ask. My schedule doesn't matter anymore. Something has come into my life that is unexpected. The analogy is friends come, and I, I wasn't prepared for them. I don't have any bread. I have to go find this for them to take care of them. Something has come into play that we did not anticipate, so we're not praying for our daily bread at this moment. There's something that is going to take attention. Something's going to take focus. It's going to take the priority, and our world's upside down. Our schedule is thrown out the window, and I have got to get a hold of God. I have got to, and we go and we ask, 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 and we go and we ask. God wants to hear our prayers. But I believe God allows certain things to come in our life, too, to see how many times we'll go to Him, to see when those prayers will get answered. And certainly, He does not have the attitude of, if you'll just leave me alone, but there is something, too, we ask and we ask and we ask and we ask and we ask, and God says, they're not going to leave me alone. I've got to answer this prayer. That's going to lead me to number three, which is very important. But before I get there, um, we need to understand that, yes, there are things that we pray for every day. And I enjoy, if I can say it this way, my prayer routine. I have my routine, I have my things I'm praying for today, I have my, 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 my routine, and, and nobody messes up my routine, and it's part of my day, and this is how I'm going through. But then there's things that God allows to come your way. And routine is out the window. I've got to get God. God's got to intervene. God's got to take control of this situation. We've all been there. We'll be there again. When ye pray, Jesus says, okay, you want to pray? You want me to teach you to pray? There's going to come times that there's going to be a need arise that you are going to have to be in constant prayer. I was reminded as I was preparing this Bible study, um, yesterday was our daughter Amanda's birthday, who's in, who's in heaven. And certainly as my mom was fresh on that when I was preparing this, and during that time and those, that long hospital stay and 
Boy, it was just, I, 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 could, I, I mean, this may sound bad. There's things I didn't pray for during that time. I wasn't concerned about because there was something that grabbed my attention. And I've got to go to God, 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 and I've got to go to God. That's not something that happens every day. It's something that God allows to come into your life. There's going to be times. So when you pray, understand. There's going to come times when we've got to have God. The, our normal routine is not going to get us through. Now, aren't you thankful that when that comes, we can go to God? Aren't you thankful that He's available to us? That leads me to number three. The key is asking and, and knocking. Look at verse number 9 and 10. And I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. There are many who say, well, I just don't want to bother God with that. Those are words of a fool. Words of pride, too. But what, is God, what did Jesus say? For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Now, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I'm wise enough to know when Jesus says in verse number 9, I say unto you, ask and it shall be given unto you. If I want God to answer me, I've got to at least ask. If I want God to open the door, I've got to at least knock. I wonder how many times Christians don't get their prayers and God just doesn't care. Did you ask? Well, I just don't think he'd be, did you ask? Well, there's nobody home. Did you knock? Well, it didn't seem like, did you ask? Did you knock? That is the key. Jesus said, when ye pray. Yes, there's some things you must pray for every day. You're going to need them every day. Then there's going to come times where that, there's things that come into your life and the need's going to arise that you have got to bombard heaven with constant prayer. The key is asking and knocking. Well, God knows my heart. He certainly does. But God wants us to ask and knock. Ask and knock. That's the key. You know what? It doesn't take any talent to ask. It doesn't take any talent to knock. It doesn't take... You know, there's no requirement. You have to be saved a certain number of years and pass these many classes, religious classes, before you know how to pray. No, you just ask God. Knock. God, I don't, sometimes I don't know, well, if I don't know what to say. Well, God, I don't know what to say. But I'm coming to you in prayer. I'm knocking. You said that if I ask, I need to ask, and I need to knock. That's the key. Which leads me to number four. Now, number four and number five, I'm going to tell you. The, these two truths are the, are, the, are the part that we have a problem with. And I'll go ahead and warn you that so you can look at me piously when I mention them. I don't think there's anybody who would disagree with what I've already said. This is part of what, this, we, know, we know this. We know God is able to answer prayer. We know that we, we, He wants to answer our prayer. But in the context of what the Lord is teaching, he's praying. They say, disciples witness this and say, we can't pray. I want to pray like Jesus prayed. Another, another lesson for another time is comparing the humility of Christ praying versus the arrogance and pride of those Pharisees when they prayed. It's a big difference. When they saw Christ and were witness of Christ, and Jesus says, when you pray, there's some things you need to pray for every day. So as this applies to you and I, are there things that you pray for every single day? 
If there's not, you need to get some things you pray for every single day. Well, Pastor, I'm just starting out. Get you five things that you pray for every single day. And before you know it, that'll go to ten things that you pray for every single day. Start somewhere. Then there's going to come times, file away, remember, there's going to come times needs are going to arise when, when your schedule is not the priority, your routine is thrown out the window, you're going to have to go to God and you're going to have to be in constant prayer. It's not one of these things where God, this is what I need today and I'm going to leave it in your hands. You're, you're praying once, you're praying twice, you're praying, praying another time, you're in a spirit of prayer all day long because it's a heavy thing that you've got to have God. Then he reminds them <clears throat> the key is asking and knocking. We can do this, can't we? Can we ask? Certainly we can ask. Can we knock? Certainly we can knock. But then we want us to see in verse number 11 and 13, truth number four is this. We must trust God's wisdom in the answered prayer. We must trust God's wisdom. When you pray, you need to trust the Father's wisdom in the, the answered prayer. Verse 11 if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? It's interesting what Jesus is saying. Your son comes to you and say, I'm hungry. Can I have some bread? Well, here's a rock. Munch on that for a little while. Uh, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a, fi ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, even, even the evil, even the even unsaved, even carnal man, they know how to give good gifts unto their children. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? When you pray daily, when you pray, the things you ask for daily... You've got to trust God's wisdom and how he answers them. That's the when he answers them. And that's the actual answer as well. When we pray, there's going to be needs that arise that require us to pray constant prayer. We must trust the wisdom of the Father. Because if we would give what is best to our child, we would not give them an evil thing. How much more will our Heavenly Father give us what is best for us? You say, well, Pastor, I, I prayed for this, this heartache to go away, this bird to go away, and he did not take it away. For some reason, he thought it was best that you had it. An example would be, maybe that burden keeps us in a humble state to be dependent on him, that if we didn't have it, We'd fill up with pride and we'd leave God. We don't know. He knows us better than we know ourselves. We must trust God's wisdom in answered prayer. I mean, can you imagine a, 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 a parent give a, treating their child this way if they ask them for something? And yet we look at God sometimes as a Christian and say, God, I don't understand why you, you think that he, would, he, he doesn't know more than if somebody who's evil, flesh and blood, knows how to give what's best, how much more does he give? We have to trust him. The key is asking and, and knocking. Jesus said that. Ask and knock. I'm going to ask him. He's going to give me what I want. We'll see. I'm, I'm going to... 
And there's other, other things that we need to keep in mind when it comes to prayer as well. In his, in his name, if thy will be done. Knock, we must knock. But then we have to trust God, trust his wisdom in the answer to prayer. We may never sit on this side of eternity, but I'm afraid that, I mean, I'm not afraid of it. I'm, I believe that many prayers that God did not answer the way that we thought he should answer are going to end up being the best thing for us. We can't understand it. That's why we got to be reminded that his ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. We have to trust. Well, he didn't answer me. Maybe he did. Maybe he said no. Even the Apostle Paul, he, Paul prayed three times, and he, you know, he said, God said no. He said no. We know he extended his grace, and he certainly does that, but we must learn to trust God's wisdom in the answer to prayer. Every one of us ought to pay close attention to verse 13. How much more shall, shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? I certainly can tell you there have been times when I've prayed, and my flesh has been disappointed in what God has done but my spirit has got to trust my Heavenly Father. I've got to trust Him. He has created me. He has given life to all of us, to our loved ones, to our family. I just, God, in this situation, I just think if you would do this, we have to remember, we have to remember God knows so much more than we know. He sees so much more than we see. He's doing what we can't even comprehend that He's doing. Many times, the thing that we think is the worst thing is actually ends up being the best thing. It may cause us to give honor and glory to Him in a way we would not. But I don't know many Christians who would disagree on what Christ says when He says, you have to pray daily. There's some things you have to pray daily. There's going to be times when needs are going to rise there's going to be that constant prayer. Asking and knocking is the key. But then Jesus reminds those disciples, the Heavenly Father knows best. You have to trust His answer. Now, nowhere does Christ say we have to agree with it. Because first of all, God's not asking if we, He's not asking us to sign off on what He wants to do. I don't have to agree with it. I've got to accept it. I've got to, by faith, trust Him. And sometimes we ask, and 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 we read verse 6, 7, and 8, and said, in three verses, in three verses time, this man got tired of him and went ahead, and I, I've been asking for years, and, and, and God still has an answer. We have to trust Him. We have to trust His timing. We have to trust His answer. Then we get to number five. When ye pray... A right relationship with the Holy Spirit is required. A right relationship with the Holy Spirit is required. Look at verse 13. If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father get, give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? It is undeniable Holy Spirit is intricately involved, involved in prayer. 
The Holy Spirit even goes to the Father. He tells the Father what we need when we don't even know what we need. We can't even articulate what we're needing. And I believe that the Father gives the answer to the Holy Spirit. You're not going to pray and then hear an audible voice from heaven, God saying, hold on, here's your answer. He's not going to write it in the sky. You're not going to order a pizza from Pizza Hut and all the pepperonis be arranged in your answered prayer. So you can stop looking for all the signs and the symbols. It's the Spirit of God. This is why we have no answered prayer in the life of the average Christian. First of all, if you're not asking, if you're not knocking, what is he going to answer? If there's no petition, what is he going to respond to? But I believe with my whole heart, as he says in verse 13, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? A right relationship with the Holy Spirit is required. This is why it falls on deaf ears when it comes to this pastor, when you're living contrary in open defiance of the Word of God, the Spirit of God, you come and say, Pastor, I've prayed about this. You might as well go to a fortune teller. You might as well approach the witch of Endor, as Saul did, because you're going to get, you're going to get more response from that when you're quenching the Holy Spirit, when you're grieving the Holy Spirit. Do we want to pray like Jesus or not? Do we want to, do we want to have, the, we have the access to the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ, but I tell you what a picture, God the Son talking to God the Father and God the Spirit in that work as well, and we have the Spirit of God, and we have, we're given the Spirit, and how many times do we not even know what to pray, but the Spirit of God prays for us? Then there are times when the Spirit of God impresses upon us through this book and through our own needs. This is what I need from you. And God, through the Spirit, answers His prayers. So let's use some logic. If we are quenching the Spirit in our own life, how can we hear what God has to say? How can we get a prayer answered? If we are grieving the Spirit, we grieve the Spirit by living in contrast to the Spirit, by, by participating in things that blaspheme the Spirit. How in the world are we going to get an answer from God when it is His Spirit it's, it's the Spirit. I mean, how, you, can, you can relate to this. You've prayed about something, prayed about something. God hasn't given you an answer. And it's when you're reading the Word of God, the Spirit speaks to you. 
When you're reading, when it's under the preaching of, of, of the Word of God, and you're sitting in a church service, and it's totally unrelated to the message that the preacher is preaching, and something is like, you just get a piece about, that's the answer. But if you are quenching the Spirit, how is He going to speak to you? Say, Pastor, what, what are you talking about? Well, if he, the Spirit of God is convicting you about something, you know why He's convicting you? Well, it's wrong. So you'll get it right. And he convicts, convicts. Then that Christian keeps hardening their hearts and no, no, no. You're quenching the spirit. In many cases, we'll say, I'm tired of being under conviction, so I'm going to remove from my life that which is convicting me. So I'm not going to go to a church where the Bible is preached. I don't want to be convicted. I want to disassociate myself with my Christian mom and dad because just being around them brings conviction. I'm I'm going to go to a quote-unquote church where we just worship the Lord. And I I addressed that on Sunday morning. The maniac worshiped, but he wasn't saved. You know, we just, you know, just what we want to, you know, why? Because you're moving, quenching the Holy Spirit. How are we going to get a prayer answered? Young people especially, listen, listen, listen to what I'm about to tell you. If you're quenching the Spirit, if you're not yielded to the Spirit, if you're living the Spirit of God in your life, one day when that child is sick, how are you going to get a hold of God? When you're, you need prayer for your spouse, how are you going to get a hold of God? There are sincere people, sincere. I've dealt with, with couples. I've dealt with singles. I've dealt with even middle-aged beyond that. There's, there's a decision i got to make, and, 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 and I think this is the right decision. And, and you go against what Bible principle, the Spirit of God is not leading you in that direction. That's not an answered prayer. If you could say that, yeah, it's against, it's against a Bible principle, and God prayed about it, and I have peace about it, this book is not true. It's not the Spirit of God. Do we, we must decide, and you say, Pastor, this, this sweet Bible study sure turned into, well, it's a matter of do we want to pray like Jesus prayed or not? Do we want to see the great works in our own life, or do we not? That's why it's important for us to keep a proper relationship with the Spirit of God. That's why it's important when when the Spirit of God convicts us about anything, that we deal with it right then and there. That's why it's important for us to stay close to the Lord and have a, a close fellowship with Him. Because when we pray for those things that we need daily, the Spirit is involved in that work. The asking and the knocking, you say, oh, Pastor, I, don't know. I know I need something, I just don't know what to say. Well, aren't you thankful the Spirit of God knows? And I believe many times there's answers to prayer that God sends, but we're not paying attention because we're not, listening. We're not used to listening to the Spirit of God. Well, God has the answer to my prayer. I think we're going to find out when we get to heaven that God did answer a lot of prayers. We just weren't paying attention to, to, to the one bringing the answer. I've been praying, 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 and God hadn't told me anything. I guess I'll just, 
Put a poll out on Facebook and go with that. Well, if you're quenching the Spirit of God and you're grieving the Spirit of God, you, you, you may be better off. Because it is very clear that the Spirit of God is very evident and present when it comes to prayer. There are times, if you'll permit me as a pastor, there are times I, I know I need to pray for you as specific members about certain things, and certain times my heart is burdened for many of you, as it was even today. There, there, there were two or three members that the Lord brought to my mind, and I did not even know why. But I didn't have to, because the Holy Spirit knows. He knows why. There are times when I just know the Lord is working in my heart and working in my life, and He doesn't send me an email. And right, by the way, if you're sending me an email, my email is all. So if I haven't answered your email in like three months, it's because I, I don't even know you emailed me. But anyway, that's a whole other story. He doesn't send me an email, or maybe He did send me an email. I don't know. But he's going to use the Spirit of God. He's going to use the Spirit of God too. I don't even know what point I was on then. But God, God sends the answer to the, to the Spirit of God, and, and he's working in my own heart, my own life. And there's times I don't even know what he's doing, but I'm glad the Holy Spirit of God knows. Let's make sure we have the right relationship with the Spirit so that we can have the prayer life that Jesus had. I imagine as you, we think of being in the presence of Jesus praying. When he ceased, they said, teach us to pray. And he said to them, when you pray. When you pray. You know, there's a lot of heretical teaching about prayer that because of technology today is becoming more and more prevalent even amongst so-called Bible believers. You don't enter into it state of trance. You don't enter into any of these? No. Why do we want to bypass the Spirit of God? We must have a good relationship with the Spirit of God if we want our prayers answered. When ye pray, there's going to be some things you're supposed to pray for every single day. Are you praying for them? If you don't have things you pray for every day, why don't you start? Pastor, when should I start? The day's not over yet. Day's not over yet. Start today. Pray for God to provide for your daily needs. If there's things that the Spirit of God impresses upon your heart, things that you've sins that you've committed today, get them right with Him. Confess them. Pray for others. Pray for your family. But you, there's some things that you ought to pray for every single day. There's going to come a time. When your life's going to be interrupted, and you got, I got to get God. I got, I got to talk to God. God, you got to intervene. God, you got to intervene. God, ask and knock. But be willing to accept the wisdom when you pray. Think about what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he prayed, "Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine." That's exactly what he's saying. You trust the will of the Father. And a right relationship with the Holy Spirit is required. I'm afraid many times we go through and go through, go through and go through. We don't know God's already said the answer because we're not listening. We're not sensitive to the, to the Spirit of God. 
I'm praying about some things, Pastor, when God answers, I'll come back to church. You're going to be in church because that might be where God sends the answer to your prayer. And quite frankly, nine times out of ten, that is where God sends your answer to prayer. That, that's what it is. We say, well, I, I need it. I didn't even know I needed that, but I needed that. Pastor, I got my Well, you got to be in church. You got to hear the, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you feel so... I almost said silly, but you're not silly. We're reminded that we're how, how insignificant we are in the presence of God from the sense of His greatness in our inadequacies. There's times, Lord, I need, I need this. You know I need this. You know, or I have a decision. I don't know what to do. Hey, Lord, you got to give me wisdom in this. And it's like, okay, it's time to read my Bible. And the first verse I read, I'm like, okay. I guess I could have just read that first. That's uh, how the Spirit of God works. If you're not reading your Bible, how's it going to speak to you? Well, let's, let's make sure that our heart is right. Let's make sure that we're not quenching the Spirit of God. And quite frankly, mom and dad, that's why it is important where you take your kids to church. If the Bible is not preached, how is the Spirit of God going to speak to you? It's important where you attend. Well, I just feel so. No, that's not, that's not, that's not, the, that's not the Spirit of God. It would be a seducing spirit, but it's not the spirit of God. Uh, let's make sure that we have that relationship with the Holy Spirit so that in our prayer life, we can get the answers that we need. We can have the power that we need. Father, help us. Teach us to pray.